All right, here we are. Again, this is uh, completely different. Uh, the cool thing is, I guess, uh, being digital, being online only, uh, I have the opportunity to move around a lot, as you've already seen me. So I set up in the foyer for the sermon time, for the preaching time. Um, you know, there's no one out here but me. So I guess I just get to preach to myself, preach to y'all. Um, again, this is, it's unparalleled times, unprecedented times, and I wish that we can all meet together, congregate together, but we can't, but we can still meet and focus on God's Word. So uh, for the next few minutes, um, please just focus on God's Word with me. I, I know, again, it's easy, especially when you're at home and you're not here. Uh, that's part of why I hate online church sometimes and, and using Facebook Live and stuff like that, because, um, you know, I even saw it in San Francisco with some of our team there. Um, it's, it's easy to be on your phone doing other things, so... Uh, Stephanie, I am talking to you, so try to avoid looking at the flights, you know, for uh, Hawaii. Uh, they'll still be there in about 30 minutes. I'm just kidding. Uh, we had a great time. Uh, love Stephanie and Randy and love every one of our church members. But uh, just focus on God and focus on His Word for the next few minutes as, as, uh, as, as, I, as I share what I believe God has given me uh, for this time. And it'll be a different type of preaching, type of message than I normally would preach on a Sunday morning, uh, just because y'all aren't here, uh, but I still want to just challenge from God's Word and give us some truths that I believe God has shared with me. I've been preaching on stewardship for the past uh, four weeks, I guess, um, and again, stewardship is about that entrusted. God has entrusted us with resources. Uh, he has entrusted us with our life. He has entrusted us to uh, take what he has given us and really grow it. You know, we've seen some amazing principles of that thus far. And this morning, I kind of shared a little bit of the video uh, in San Francisco with uh, Pastor Jake. Um, but this morning, I just want to focus on stewarding our gospel mission. See, even during these difficult and uncertain times, we still have a gospel mission. And God wants us as his believers, as his children, as, as Christians to to properly steward, to properly or biblically steward what he has given us. And, and again, some people think of stewardship, they think, oh man, um, I don't like stewardship because it's all about money. It's, it's not about money. It's more than money. Yes, it's about money, but it's so much more than money as we've already seen and as we've already discovered. Um, but God has given us a life. He's given us resources. He wants us to, to use these resources for him, for for his glory, for his honor, and, and a couple of things that I just want to share with that. You know, we've already talked about this, but in Psalm chapter 24, verse number one, the Bible says, The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. Everything is God's. It all belongs to him. And because it all belongs to him, that makes God the owner. And since God is the owner, that makes us, his children, stewards. God is the owner, I am a steward. A steward is a manager of what the owner has given him, has entrusted him with. And God is going to come back. Jesus Christ is coming back. God has sent his son already to earth, and one day his son Jesus is coming back for us. And we will have to stand and give an account of how we stewarded this life that God has entrusted us with. You know, we can talk about a lot of things about stewardship and, and what it entails, and we've already talked about that even in a few minutes this morning. Uh, we've already talked about it for the past uh, four or five weeks, but 
you know, I think specifically even going a little deeper direction, I think there's, there's three things in advancing God's kingdom uh, as a biblical steward that we should do. And I know it's a little bit different today. Uh, you don't have a physical set of notes unless you're able to, to print them off um, um, online. Uh, I think we're going to have those resources made available to you. Uh, but three things, you want to write these down and maybe another chance you get to, to, to print these off. Uh, you can just fill in the blanks. But uh, three things that we should properly steward with God, with, the, with really what he has given us to steward, and it's this, his grace. God wants us to steward his grace. I've spent uh, two different series over the past four and a half years talking about the grace of God. Uh, as Christians, we have an opportunity to steward, to biblically uh, manage his grace, to be conduits of his grace, which means as his grace pours in us, we should allow his grace to flow out of us. Another thing that we should properly steward is his glory. Everything, again, is God's. The earth is the Lord's, the fullness of thereof. Oh, the glory of God. I could talk about the glory of God. I could talk about the goodness of God uh, all day, but we don't have time for that. Another thing we are a steward is the gospel. That's what I want to focus on this morning. Stewarding the gospel. You know, going to California uh, for me and, you know, thinking about it with our team was really a chance to do all three. It was a chance to steward his grace, to show grace to, to people that didn't deserve it. And again, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that tonight and just what we experienced and and what we were able to see while we were there, and really just the, the, the spiritual darkness that is there in that city, and the, and the uphill battle that uh, Pastor Jake and Haley and, and their team have of trying to steward the gospel, trying to share the gospel with the lost and dying world. Uh, but we were able to steward uh, His grace, and we were able to, to show forth His glory, and just look out and see the glory of God, uh, in, in the heavens, uh, show forth his glory, and it's an amazing thing, uh, but also the gospel. We have a mission, church. We have a mission to continue to share the gospel, and especially during these difficult, these unprecedented times, you still have a job to do. Even though you might not be able to go into work, as some people uh, aren't able to go into work and they have to work from home, or, or they're basically kind of unemployed for a, a set amount of time, you can still be a conduit, a steward of the gospel. And what I mean is that you can still share the gospel with other people. There are so many ways that we can share the gospel with people. You know, you go to Walmart, you still see people. You can still share the, the message of hope with the world that needs hope. And again, that's, that's what I want to focus on this morning. And when I think about uh, stewarding the gospel, I can't help but think of the early church. I can't help but think of uh, the church at Antioch and I think I preached a little bit about the church at Antioch last year. Lord willing, later this year, we're going we're gonna to start a series in the book of Acts. And uh, just an amazing study. I've already been doing some research and reading ahead, uh, even on this trip uh, that I just took. But um, I can't help but think of the early church. And I can't help but think of the church at Antioch. And, and I'm not trying to, to take it out of context, but that church at Antioch was under a lot of persecution, a lot of suffering. Um, Herod, uh, in, in Acts chapter 12, verse 1, was, was out to, as the Bible says, uh, uh, now about that time Herod the king stretched forth his hand to vex certain of the church. He, he wanted to kill them. He wanted to, to do harm and damage on the church. And amazing things happened in, in chapter 12. And I'm going to get to that a little bit later in the message this morning. Uh, but I want to focus on, on verse number 24. So if you have your Bible, uh, turn there with me to Acts chapter 12. 
focus on verse number 24. I think Michael's going to put it up here on the screen for us here in just a second. But Acts chapter 12, verse number 24, one verse that we're going to, you know, kind of talk about this in the, in the three chapters surrounding 11, 12, and 13 this morning. But the Bible says, but the word of God grew and multiplied. And Barnabas and Saul, verse 25, returned from Jerusalem when they fulfilled their ministry and took with them John, whose surname was Mark. Back to verse number 24, but the word of God grew and multiplied. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for this day. And God, again, this is, this is different for me. I know it's different for our church. And, and really, I'm excited about this opportunity because there's a great opportunity to advance the gospel even during these difficult times. And there's a great opportunity for people to share uh, this on Facebook and, and share it on YouTube and other platforms with people that might not be saved, might not be uh, children of God. And Lord, I pray that the, the message this morning and the message that we'll bring in the, in the weeks to come will be messages of hope. And God, I pray that you'd help the gospel, the word of God, as it did in that early church, even in the midst of persecution and suffering and, and chaos, I pray that, that your word would grow and multiply. And God, I believe it can and will happen. Heavenly Father, we love you. I pray that you bless this few minutes that we have together in Christ. And I pray, amen. Again, I don't want to take this out of context, and I'm not saying we're necessarily under persecution today, but Herod was against the church. He was against the Christians. You know, today it, it almost seems like, you know, the world is against the church, and it is. The world is against the church, but I'm not saying this is a government conspiracy or anything like that to try to drive the church out, but the church can still go forward. God's word still can go forward. I still believe that God's word still can be multiplied and grown even in these difficult times, these times of chaos. And I want to kind of do something quickly and, and give the, the main points of the message quickly, and then we'll kind of give an application to it um, uh, this morning. But you think about it. When Jesus came to this earth, he came here for others. He came here for you. He came here for me. And as a Christian, as a child of God, we are supposed to be Christ-like. We are supposed to be like Jesus Christ, our Savior. And if Jesus Christ came here for others, what do you think our job is? See, our job is to be for others. Our job is to focus on others. Uh, look not every man in his own things, but every man also in the things of others. He talks about that in Philippians chapter 2, where Paul is talking to the church at Philippi. And, hey, don't focus on yourself. Focus on others. And even in this time of crisis, during this global pandemic, I want to encourage you. Don't focus on yourself. But pastor, I need some toilet paper. All of us do. And if you're the one, stop piling it up. Uh, we need to talk. Anyway, uh, don't just focus on yourself during this time. It's easy to focus on yourself. Focus on others. Look at your neighbor that might be hurting, that might be suffering, that, that elderly person that, that really can't get out, shouldn't get out, because it is a very contagious disease, and, and their immune system uh, isn't inclined for that. And we, we don't want to, to, to promote you know, people just doing foolish things. We're trying to be safe, and we're trying to do what we can. But... Look for other people. Look, look to try to be a blessing. Look to try to be a help. But again, I, I think of stewardship. God has given us the gospel to properly steward, to properly manage, to share. 
He's entrusted us with it. When we think about what's going on right now, um, you know, if you think too much about it, it, it's downright terrifying, really, honestly. If you look at all the news stories and you read the latest of, you know, that's ever-changing and states that are closing down, and, you know, people are just panicking and freaking out. But, you know, going to San Francisco in the midst of all this, I, I don't regret it. I really don't. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that tonight. But I, I couldn't help but think of, you know, many men, many missionaries like Hudson Taylor and William Carey and Abner Judson and Jim Elliott, uh, people like that that had an opportunity to show the gospel. And, and where they went, they knew good and well that they may die, that that might be their last chance when they left wherever they were at uh, to see their family, to see their loved ones. But they still went knowing that God's word needed to grow, needed to be multiplied, needed to be shared with other people. And even going to San Francisco in the midst of the pandemic, I don't, I don't you know, fault those that didn't go. That, that's fine. But I felt like for me, I had to go to try to share that message of hope. And, and as I, I shared with my wife even earlier before we left, you know, if something were to happen to us out there, you know, it didn't, we, we got back. But if something were to happen to us and, and I was, you know, someone that you know, contracted the coronavirus, COVID-19, um, and, and, and I died from it, to me, what, what better way of going out and serving God than doing what God has called us, his church, to do? And again, in Acts chapter 12, this church was under persecution. I'm not saying we're under persecution today. But this church in Antioch was a great church that was on mission for God. And Eagle Drive, I want to encourage us to be on mission for God. Typically, March has been our mission month. You know, we took a mission trip this year, and it kind of took the place of love of the things that we do. But I want to encourage you to be on mission for God, to do what, what God has called you to do. You see, our impact, impact is the theme for this year, our impact can be even greater than we imagined during these difficult times. In church, we've been called to steward the gospel so that we can promote his glory, compel people with his grace. Look, a missional church is composed of individuals who are led by the Spirit. And that's what I want for us. I want us to be led by the Spirit of God, to do what the Spirit of God is leading us to do. And two things that I want to look at. Acts chapter 13, follow along in verse number one. The Bible says, Now there was in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon was called Niger, and Lucius the Cyrene and uh, Menaean, uh, which had brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. Uh, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So they, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed into Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. And, and when they were at um, uh, Salamis, uh, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they had also John to their minister. There's two things I want to focus on quickly this morning. Is first of all, we must continue to be a gospel-driven church. The church in Antioch, and again, I wish I had more time, and I will as I dive into this series a little bit later, but the church at Antioch was a gospel-driven church. They were driven by the gospel, and that's what I've been preaching for the past several years. We have to be driven by the gospel. 
We have to have a gospel-shaped identity. And if you know who you are in Christ, you'll understand that it's your job to do what Christ has called you to do, to share his message with the world. Again, as a steward, we have been entrusted with his message, with the gospel, to not hoard it up, like many people are doing with toilet paper right now, to not hoard it up, but to share it, to share it with the world that needs to hear a message of hope in the midst of the crisis, in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the turmoil. So we must continue to be a gospel-driven church, first and foremost. Secondly, we must continue to be a generous church. And again, I'm not trying to push for more money, but we have to be generous. We have to do what God has called us to do. And when you study the New Testament church, when you study the early church, and that's one thing I've been trying to focus on for the past just over four years now, that we have to get back to New Testament Christianity and be the church that the New Testament is shaped after, not what some man says that we have to do. But the New Testament church, this church, Antioch especially, was gospel-driven. They were generous. So how can we be gospel-driven? How can we be generous? Well, we have to look and, and see what this church at Antioch did. And again, uh, I'm not going to go into all of it for sake of time this morning. I've been here for two hours. and I think it's going to be easier for me to, to preach longer because no one's here looking at their watch and I don't see anyone falling asleep like you probably are. And I'll try not to preach longer today, but let me just share a couple of thoughts of what the church at Antioch did that we need to do as well. Uh, again, if you're following along and you have downloaded those notes, they're, they're in your notes. But the first thing is this. They served and built one another up through dynamic discipleship. You know, discipleship is a, is a key thing for me uh, with this church. I believe God has called us to be disciples. Uh, Pastor Jacob had several uh, devotions with us, and he talked about that. You know, the funny thing is, in the book of Acts, I think that's the first time when, when the word Christian was mentioned. And really, the word Christian was kind of a derogatory term. It wasn't a, a sincere, hey, you're a Christian, man, that, that's great. No, it was only mentioned, I think, three times he had talked about, uh, he shared with us in the devotion, three times in the whole New Testament. You know how many times the disciple is mentioned? I think it was something like over 269 times. You see, we are called to be his disciple. A disciple is a follower, a committed follower of Jesus Christ. He has called us to be his follower. He has called us to, to walk in his footsteps and, and to go where, where he sends us and to do what he has uh, bidded us to do. In this church at Antioch, they served and built one another up through dynamic discipleship. Look, I understand that right now we can't meet with more than 10 people that are gathering together, but there's a lot that can still be done. You know, if we get sad and frustrated about not being able to meet in our church building, then we'll fail to properly and biblically steward the gospel of Jesus Christ. Some people are hurting. Some people are scared, and they need hope. And what we need to happen is, in a sense, a bunch of mini churches, which the church is the people, remember, sprouting up. I want to encourage you to, to do what you can. And what I mean is to try to encourage someone else. You know, discipleship is, is about teaching, instructing. I'm going to lay out a couple of principles here in just a minute, but do what you can. You know, most of us have a phone. You can pick up a phone, call someone. I know it's hard to, to be in a crowd with people because of social distancing. Well, I guess you can talk to people at least six feet apart. So talk to someone at least six feet apart, but 
Try to still encourage them. And really, as a Christian, as a true follower of Jesus Christ, you are to be a disciple maker. It's not just the church's job to disciple you. We disciple you so that you then can go and disciple others. And that's why I focus on discipleship for the past several years. That's why we're going to continue to focus on discipleship. And even through this time, we're going to try to be creative and, and find new ways to do Bible studies to give you opportunities to grow in your faith so that you can take what you've learned, what you've heard, and share it with someone else. That's what discipleship is all about. Jesus took the knowledge that he had, being the Son of God, shared it with his disciples. He was there, they were watching him, and then as they're watching him, he is teaching them, and then he gave them an opportunity to then teach others as he watched them, and then he went to heaven and left it up to them. You know, God has entrusted us. He's entrusted us as his steward to properly steward the gospel, to share the gospel. And we have to share it through discipleship. How can we do this? <coughs> six feet. They say six feet away. Anyway, a couple things. Here's how we can do this. Acts chapter 11, verse number 22. I'm just going to read it really, really quickly. If you want to follow along, please follow along. The Bible says, Then tidings of these things came into the ears of the church, which was in Jerusalem, and they sent forth Barnabas, and that he should go as far as Antioch. So how they did this, how they had dynamic discipleship, was first of all through accountability. Look, accountability is very, very important. I can talk forever about accountability, but we need accountability. We need each other holding us accountable of our actions. So when we mess up, when, we, uh, when we're doing what's right, uh, we need accountability. In this church at Antioch, they had accountability. They had accountability with, with one another. A second thing is uh, through encouragement. When you continue on, verse number 23, who, uh, when he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them all, that with purpose of heart, they would cleave unto the Lord. For he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and faith, and much people was added unto the Lord. So it's important during this time to encourage one another. You know, the church should be a church that is full of unity. We talked about that in our Ephesians study. That's one of the marks of a healthy church, a unified church, and it's very easy to become disunified. And especially during times of crisis, people like to, to complain a lot. People like to, to be judgmental. People like to be critical. It's very easy to be critical. But what we need is encouragement. We need people encouraging one another, encouraging them in the Lord. Another thing, um, dynamic discipleship is done through accountability, through encouragement, also through instruction. Verse number 25. Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus for to seek Saul. He was seeking out Saul. Um, uh, verse number 26, and, and when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch, and it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people, and the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. Saul, who was later, his name was changed to Paul, that time of instruction spent a year together. I'm not saying this is going to last a year, but take what you've learned. Take what you've learned from, from my preaching and teaching, if you've learned anything, and share that with someone else. Look, right now, this is a time of instruction. 
This is a time that you can grow. And again, I know you're home. You're not here, and it's easy to just, oh, meet this guy, and I'm just going to go about my day, and I'm going to watch the news. You can watch the news anytime. Look, it hasn't really changed in the past few minutes. It's still the same. People are being infected with this disease. They don't have a cure. Uh, it's crazy. But take this time and listen to the instruction that God has given you through his word. And use that to instruct someone else. Another thing is this, verse number 26. At the end of verse number 26, uh, he taught much people. And look what it says. And the disciples were called Christians, first in Antioch. Um, but what, what happened, I think it's actually verse 25 or 26. I, I skipped over it. But more were added to the church through this dynamic discipleship. And, and what I have here is what you'll see is fruit. When you do what God has called you to do, when you're gospel-driven, through accountability, through encouragement, through instruction, you will see fruit on your account. One day again, we're going to stand before our maker. We're going to stand before Jesus Christ, and we're going to have to give an account. And I want to stand before him and hear, well done, I'm a good and faithful servant. I want fruit to be added to my account. People that I've had an opportunity to encourage to hold accountable, to instruct, to, to disciple, to mentor, to grow. And look, you need that too. You know, encourage people. I want to encourage you to, to try to gather through Facebook, through your phone, and pray with one another. Look, take your phone. Maybe after this, after this is over, take your phone, call someone, and say, hey, can I pray with you? When you have an opportunity to go out, even though you're supposed to be social distancing to six feet apart, use it as an opportunity to pray for someone and with someone. We had an opportunity uh, there in San Francisco, there on the streets outside of the beach to, to pray with a lady. I was able to pray with a lady to just encourage her. Look, find ways to, to pray with one another. That's what happened in chapter 12. When we studied chapter 12, the church was gathered together. They were praying for Peter to get out of jail. And the funny story, you know, Peter got out of jail and he's knocking on the door and like, uh, I don't know who this guy is, uh, but you know, we're praying for Peter. And Peter's like, uh, it's me. And they're, they're, they're so excited that they're praying for, for Peter. They don't even believe, I think it was Rhoda that, that came and said, hey, Peter's outside. You know, I can just picture that in my mind is he's standing outside like, hey, I'm trying to get in. No, no, no. We're praying for Peter to get out of jail. But anyway, uh, the church at Antioch, they prayed together. And we're looking into some, some creative ways, some digital ways through Zoom and other things like that to, to pray with one another because and we need prayer. You know, that's, that's one thing we were able to do in San Francisco with Pastor Jake and Dale. We were able to pray with them a lot. And it encouraged my heart. I think it encouraged our team. You know, so how can we be gospel-driven? How can we be generous? First of all, through, um, uh, just lost my, my place, through dynamic discipleship. But then the second thing quickly, and I close with this, this church served and built one another up through mercy ministry. You know, I know this is a trying time. This is a time that most people are concerned again about their own self, but I want to, I want to encourage you, challenge you to rise up and be who God called you to be. Again, the church is not the building. And if that's your excuse for not being the Christian you're supposed to be, then I have much to say, but I'm not going to say that. Let me just encourage you to be the church. Be who God called you to be. Show mercy to people. Show kindness 
to people. Look, I'm calling and challenging you to display sacrificial mercy and generosity to those in need. Again, this is done through giving to your local churches. We've already had an opportunity today to, to give, and I want to encourage you to continue to give. But the church at Antioch wasn't just about their words. What I mean is, they didn't just talk about how great of Christians they were. It's easy to do that, isn't it? Oh man, I'm, I'm an awesome Christian. Well, I care less what you say. God can care less what you say. He's concerned with the action, the deeds behind the words. And this church at Antioch wasn't just about the words, they were about the action, they were about the deeds. And here's a few things quickly as we close about their mercy ministry. I wish I had more time to dive into this, but we don't. But here's, here's something. In Acts chapter 21, when you read it, you see that this church was selfless. Selfless. I didn't say selfish, I said selfless. It wasn't about themselves. It was about others. How can I reach out to someone else? During COVID-19, think, how can I reach out to someone else? But pastor, I don't have any work. I just lost my job. Um, i got to take care of myself. No, God placed you here to steward the gospel. God placed you here as a child of God to be who he called you to be, to be like his son, Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ was all about others. So I encourage you to be selfless. This church also was generous. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9 talks about that generosity and even in their giving. And you can look at a lot of Paul's letters and just see how generous, not just the church at Antioch, but really that early church was very generous. Gave above and beyond what they should do. Here in America, we do as little as we could do, as we should do. Again, this isn't just on, on giving this morning of, in the financial aspect, but you know, I've read where um, the average churchgoer in America, through, through a lot of statistics, and you can take that with what you want to take it, but the average churchgoer gives roughly 2.5% of their income to the church. You know, God's standard, I believe, is at least 10. That's well short. This church in Antioch, they weren't concerned about padding their stats. They weren't concerned about padding their temporal bank account. Because as we've even seen in the past week, if you have everything invested into this life, it can and will crash. But if you invest into something eternal, it's going to last forever. It's going to be more meaningful. So let me encourage you to be generous. Be generous to your church, to be generous to those that are in need. And then finally, this church, their mercy ministry was was corporate thing. It was corporate. Again, we can't necessarily gather together, but again, we're going to be looking at some opportunities to, to reach out in our community and make an impact over these next several weeks and several months. And, and I'm working with Stephanie and some other people to, to try to make sure that we're doing what we can for our community. And when we have those opportunities, please be a part of it as, as you can. Maybe you can't be there in person, but you can give, you can pray, you can help in, in a lot of different ways. Look, these are unparalleled times. We've never been here before, but God has still called us to biblically steward what he's entrusted us with. A steward is a manager. 
remember we are not the owner. God's the owner. Everything we have is because he's given it to us. Maybe this is a way of God trying to get us back on mission. Because things have been taken away from us. We like to be in control. Our control has gone out the window. <laughs> I preached on that this year as well. We need to learn to lose control. Well, that's happening. We are definitely learning to lose control of everything, but maybe that's exactly what God wants us to do, to learn to lose control, to give it over to him. And say, God, Jesus, I don't know what's going on, but I trust in you. Lord, I pray that you help me to, to be the best biblical steward that I can of the resources that you've given me. And Lord, I pray that you help me to be the best steward I can of your gospel. Yeah, during this time, especially those that have kids, this is an amazing opportunity to proclaim the gospel, to share the good news with your children, and to show them what the gospel is all about. Don't just focus on your own situation. Focus on someone else. That's where joy comes in. to get this core truth as I close this morning, but a church that is stewarding the gospel will find more ways to grow and multiply the gospel despite the uncertainty. Let me say that again. A church that is stewarding the gospel will find ways to grow and multiply the gospel despite the uncertainty. Back in Acts chapter 12, verse 24, it said, but the word of God grew and multiplied. Do you believe God's word can still grow and multiply during this time? I do. But it can only grow and multiply as we are properly stewarding his gospel, doing what God has called us to do. God has given us the spirit of fear. He's given us this, this supernatural power. As the verse says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of a power of love and of a sound mind. That sound mind comes through Jesus Christ. It's very easy to be anxious and nervous during these times, but we gotta focus our attention on Jesus Christ and what he has called us to do. What he has called us to do is to be a steward of his resources. And specifically this morning, what he's calling us to steward is the gospel. So church, let me encourage you to do your best to grow, to multiply the gospel. One way is, it's a simple way. Most of you that are on Facebook right now, click that share button <laughs> on our page. Share this message. Let's get this out to a lot of people so they can hear some, some good news and, and, and be encouraged. You know, you can, you can like it, you can share it, you can comment on it, all, all kinds of things. That's just a simple thing, but God's word can and will be multiplied and grown. But we have to continue to do what we've been called to do.